Coming up on Studio Berlin. How safe are Christmas markets in the German capital? Well, actually, it's not the government's the job to provide a feeling of safety. It's the job to provide real safety. And uh, there is no real safety now on Berlin's Christmas markets. But can and should anything be done about that? There's that tension um, between feeling of security and, you know, the interests of keeping Christmas markets what they always were, which were kind of, you know, festive, fun places to, to have a drink after work, to spend time with your family. More about the state of security at Berlin's Christmas markets next on Studio Berlin. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin, offering an in-depth look at news and how it affects our lives. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi-Nelson. It is Christmas market season in the German capital, a favorite of residents and tourists alike. But Glühwein and Thüringer Bratwurst aren't the only traditions here. These days, barriers and blast walls, handbag inspections, and an increased police presence are also part of the Christmas market experience, as Berlin works to prevent terror attacks like the one at Breitscheidplatz in 2016. During that attack, an ISIS recruit drove a hijacked tractor-trailer through the Christmas market stalls, killing 12 people and injuring 56 more. The question today is, could it happen again? Not just at Breitscheidplatz, but at any of the 70-plus Christmas markets in Berlin. With me in the studio to discuss the topic is Deborah Cole, correspondent for Agence France Presse, who has been reporting in Berlin since the 1990s. Welcome. Hello. My guest on the phone is Marcel Luther, a member of Berlin's parliament who is with the Free Democratic Party. Welcome. Hi. So we start with you, Deborah. You and I were among the many correspondents who covered this horrific attack. Were you shocked at the time that something like this could happen in Berlin? I can't say that I was shocked, although, of course, it was horrifying. I mean, I happened to be at a, at a Christmas market at the time the, the attack happened, uh, one on the other side of, of town. I think that uh, anyone living in a big European city has expected that there would be a large-scale you know, terrorist attack and, and that Berlin had remained unscathed for so long was the surprise, actually. And why? I mean, why would you say that? Is it because the EU is sort of had open borders because ISIS was such a prevalent entity and things have been happening elsewhere? Well, the state of state of goal of of the Islamic State group um, and, uh, you know, had been to carry out these kind of horrific attacks against civilians in European cities. And they had been successful in several other European cities, including, uh, you know, Paris and, and Brussels uh, that were, were particularly shocking. And so I think everyone in Germany just, you know, was sort of uh, waiting waiting for the other shoe to drop and, and when, when you know, a, a large German city would, would come under attack. Marcel, what about you? Do you remember where you were when news of the attack broke? Well, uh, I was actually at home and watching the news and was horrified because um, after, I think, 10 minutes, I didn't assume it was an accident, but assumed it was a terror attack. So well, after that, I went to Breitbart and uh, took a look at that. As a politician and elected representative, did you feel that this attack at Breitscheidplatz is something that German officials should have been able to prevent? Well, we had a lot of information that there would be an attack on a Christmas market somewhere in Germany and sometime during Christmas time. And so, of course, we could have done more, I think. 
Well, that, uh, that's Bill Smirke now. Well, the public certainly has had a lot of opinions about this, and they've weighed in. Reporter Ben Ressler went back to the Christmas market at Breitscheidplatz this week on opening day, and here's what some of the vendors and visitors told him. We don't feel safe anywhere anymore, not only on the Christmas market, but also on the street or at work. That's normal nowadays. For me personality, I feel safe. Because I read in a newspaper what is the police department of Berlin is doing for us. I think they're doing very well. You see it. Some policemen, I think there were machine guns on the way. A little bit sad for Christmas. But I think it's, there's a need to be present as a police, of course. Because I think if, you, if you're playing with a, the with a thought, like I'm doing a terror attack and I see those uh, policemen, so maybe it takes some seconds to think about again. It doesn't look nice, but of course it's safer. Although I don't think that a second attack will happen at the same spot. It would happen someplace else. But if someone wants to do something, he just comes in with a bomb and not with a truck. Deborah, they sound almost resigned. I mean, none of them are hesitating to go to the markets, and they voice their appreciation for what the police and the city is doing. But on the other hand, they feel attacks can't be prevented. Well, I think that they're probably right. I mean, there have been measures taken to prevent the the kind of attack uh, that that happened in 2016. But of course, as one of the people you spoke with mentioned, you know, there are, there are lots of ways to carry out an attack that could be equally devastating or, or even worse. And so, you know, but at the same time, the it's it's difficult to exaggerate the importance of Christmas markets to Germans and to the holiday season. And so, you know, th- this idea that someone would would simply take take away Christmas markets from them or make them impossible to attend, I think is something that Germans wouldn't tolerate. They're, they're willing to, to accept a degree of risk to, you know, continue going, going on with their lives. Marcel, how do you feel about what the residents and the visitors are saying? Is the resignation that they're expressing a failure of the Berlin government to make them feel safe? Well, actually, it's not the government's job to provide a feeling of safety. It's the job to provide real safety. And uh, there is no real safety now on Berlin's Christmas markets, as uh, we realized just a few days ago, when there was a different sort of attack on the Christmas market, uh, where some some people um, threw Christmas tree balls um, at the entrance of the market. There was only some some, uh, red color in it, but there could have been anything else. And there is no way, actually, right now, to prevent that kind of attack. The only possibility we have is to get our hands on the terrorists. Well, let's take a short station break. And when we come back to Studio Berlin, we'll talk more about what Berlin officials have been doing since 2016 to enhance security at Christmas markets. Hey, you, you've been hearing and reading the news all day. So what are you getting out of it? Are you smarter, more informed, better prepared for your dinner party later tonight? Well, The Takeaway has you covered. We ask the tough questions, we hold lawmakers accountable, and if something just doesn't seem right, we ask, how did we get here? It's The Takeaway with me, Tanzina Vega. Tune in to The Takeaway weeknights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin.
a prestigious politician faces the revelation of a deeply held secret. I know the real origin of your wealth and your career, and now you have got to pay for it. An Ideal Husband by Oscar Wilde, starring Alfred Molina, Jacqueline Bissett, Miriam Margulies, and Martin Jarvis. Next time on L.A. Theatre Works. Catch L.A. Theatre Works, Sunday nights at 7 on KCRW Berlin. You are listening to Studio Berlin on KCRW Berlin, 104.1 FM. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and with me to talk about whether Berlin's Christmas markets are safe is Berlin MP Marcel Lutte of the FDP party and AFP correspondent Deborah Cole. The Christmas market at Breitscheidplatz looks a lot different now than before the attack three years ago. A network of concrete barriers, metal bollards, and large boxes filled with sand shield the Christmas market from vehicle traffic, says reporter Ben Ressler. So it's enclosed. Um, easy enough for anyone on foot to get in, but pretty much impossible by car by the looks of it. And I also saw a sign saying, no bikes permitted. There is also a larger-than-normal police presence and surveillance at this and other Christmas markets. Some officials, like federal criminal police president Holger Münch, predict that an attack like the one at Breitscheidplatz couldn't happen again. Marcel, do you agree? Actually, I think that uh, this kind of attack could happen again. It could even happen again at Breitscheidplatz, um, because when you take a closer look at the market, you see that there is an opening, because the cars, uh, the merchants used to, to get the wares into the stands, um, these cars have to get on the place, and, uh, well, everyone else could get there as well. Deborah, what about you? Do you think we're safer now, be it at Breitscheidplatz or other Christmas markets? I think, you know, there have been serious measures taken, and I think I generally have a, a more of a feeling of safety when I go to Christmas markets um, now than I might have in the past. I had often, you know, noticed that uh, there weren't really barriers between the street and uh, some of the stands. And uh, so not only, you know, was it vulnerable, were, were these markets vulnerable to potential attack, but also, you know, someone losing control of their vehicle. So in that sense, you know, some serious measures have been taken. But what's been interesting to see is that there's actually been, you know, some pushback. You know, if you take Breitscheidplatz, for example, where the attack took place in 2016, it's in the shadow of one of Western Berlin's, uh, you know, biggest landmarks. It's a, a memorial church and it's left uh, with some of the war damage from World War II. The pastor of that church, as well as uh, some of the managers of the, the hotels uh, just around it, have complained um, that these measures are unsightly, that they are, in fact, frightening to people, and they're worried about business, that, that people are going to be, you know, spooked by all of the security and, and not get in the sort of, you know, festive spirit. So there's that tension um, between feeling of security and uh and, you know, the interests of keeping Christmas markets what they always were, which were kind of, you know, festive, you know, fun places to to have a drink after work, to, to spend time with your family. Yes, exactly. Glühwein, not not weapons or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that the Berlin police union spokesman, Benjamin Yendro, he actually doesn't agree with Mr. Munch. Um, and he's very cautious about making pronouncements about absolute prevention. The safety measures at Breitscheidplatz prevent a repeat of someone driving into the market with a truck. But if someone rides on a small scooter with a Kalashnikov, honestly, we can't do anything about that. 
He also told me that securing 70-plus Christmas markets in Berlin is impossible because the terrain and access vary, and also uh, the security setup at Breitscheidplatz doesn't necessarily work somewhere else, nor are there enough police officers to provide this enhanced presence at all of the markets. Marcel, I know you share some of this uh, police union spokesman's apprehension. You told the Berliner Morgenpost that the Senate is moving too slowly to address security and that that's endangering Berlin. Why is it taking so long? Uh, is it a matter of money? Well, actually, there are a lot of solutions, but the Senate lacks a hands-on mentality. They are just um, doing studies about nearly everything, paying money for the studies, doing um, things, uh, measures that are not really working, like with concrete barriers, um, and spending money on these inefficient things. For example, we could provide measures against drone attacks that would cost us about 10 million of euros. But we don't have this 10 million of euros now because we've spent on concrete barriers that are of no use. Deborah, do you think German apprehension about a police state is part of the problem here? I mean, would blast walls or police in camouflage carrying large weapons like we see in Brussels and Paris, for example, would that go over here in Berlin? I mean, it is really striking when you leave Berlin and visit a city like like Paris, like London, uh, like New York, that the, the security presence, the police presence is much more robust. And uh, in a place like London, for example, you have video surveillance uh, all over the place. And that would be an absolute non-starter in Germany uh, for all kinds of reasons. But um, it has to do with issues of privacy and and how important that is to, to Germans and, and what a key component is to, to the basic law here. And so you'll also do not have uh, soldiers patrolling the streets. That is that is unconstitutional here and, and not accepted. And so you do have police, you know, monitoring, uh, surveying uh, large gatherings. And, and in some cases, they may have automatic weapons. But that's about the extent of it. And so um, it is always quite striking to, to visit another city and, and to see how much more robust the, the security presence is. So I think that, you know, Germans, as the people you spoke with uh, at the at the Christmas market uh, were saying, you know, they're willing to accept a certain degree of risk as part of big city living, you know, these days. It's just a, a fact of life and, and, and people are getting on with it. We're going to take another station break. And when we come back to Studio Berlin, we'll talk about upcoming plans to increase security of public spaces and squares here. Stay tuned. I'm Ira Glass. Every year near Thanksgiving, This American Life brings you our annual program about poultry. You ready for the bird? Chickens, ducks, turkeys. That's the day we had before the night 3,000 turkeys died. Real and fictional. Chicken! He's everywhere! He's everywhere! This week, the tradition continues. Why would you do that? Catch This American Life every Sunday at 5 p.m. on KCRW Berlin. Public radio programs attract educated consumers and business decision makers. You can reach this highly desirable audience with your company's marketing message on KCRW Berlin. Isn't it time to make our listeners your customers? Find out how by emailing us at sponsorships at kcrwberlin.org or online at kcrwberlin.com slash sponsorships.
You are listening to Studio Berlin on KCRW Berlin 104.1 FM. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Deborah Cole of AFP is here in the studio with me. And on the phone is City Parliament member Marcel Luta of the FDP. We are talking about Christmas markets in the German capital and efforts to protect them from terror attacks. The Berlin Police Union spokesman, Benjamin Yendl, talked to me about the EU-wide Safer Space for Safer Cities project, where police agencies swap ideas about security in public spaces. Berlin is one of the powerful players in this program, um, in which the countries connect to protect places like the Alexanderplatz or the Breitscheidplatz or something else. And in this program, um, you can speak about solutions and ideas for preventing attacks and there are some different methods, but in all cases, you need a lot of money to do that. Marcel, do you think this EU dialogue is useful for Berlin security? No, actually not, because we have all the information. What we could do, we are just simply not doing it, but spending our time debating, well, uh, solutions we already know about. Instead of concrete barriers, we looked short time after the attack on Breitschattat, we looked uh, to Tel Aviv, for example and uh, saw that there is a, a very, very simple solution uh, when you uh, take things like street lanterns and bury them deep and connect them with each other. Then you have an effective barrier against that that doesn't look that martial. Deborah, how does Berlin compare to other European capitals in terms of the question of safety in public spaces? I mean, you mentioned New York, Brussels, Paris. What cities do it better? What cities do it better? I mean, I think that you have uh, two issues here. You have um, the threat level, which uh, I think has demonstrably been higher uh, in, in a place like Paris than it has in Berlin uh, in terms of the number of, of attempted attacks, at least uh, on the part of Islamic terrorist groups. Attacks by the far right are a whole other question, which we might get into later. But uh, in any case, because Paris has been under frequent assault and other French cities they have taken more robust measures to to address it. So I think that, you know, Berlin, uh, knock on wood, has not faced a large-scale terror attack since 2016, and so has reacted accordingly. I think if there had been a barrage of, of attacks since then, then the response would, would look very different. Let's talk briefly about uh, the right-wing extremist attacks, because that is certainly a phenomenon that's growing here in, in Germany and in Berlin. Do you see them actually attacking public spaces? I mean, they seem to target synagogues, which, of course, is a public space for, for Jewish worshipers. But um, do you th- see them going after Christmas markets or open squares or something in the future that that tactic is something police should be worried about? I mean, I think that uh, the scene seems to be heavily armed, seems to be emboldened. And uh, seems to be getting more uh, ambitious, if that's the word we want to use, uh, you know, in its uh, in its aims. And so I think that has been a real uh, cause of concern. And even someone like Interior Minister Horst Seehofer, who had been a very, very much a hardliner when it came to the threat posed by terror attacks by Islamist groups, and also a hardliner when it came to the potential threat of large-scale immigration and uh, accepting asylum seekers here, he recently acknowledged that uh, he's at least as concerned by the threat posed by the far right. So I think that, you know, that threat is, is, is evolving and security officials are, you know, reacting accordingly. I mean, for example, the case in Halle, 
what we saw in October on Yom Kippur, it was an attempt to attack a synagogue. And when that didn't work, he went on a rampage. So he killed, you know, the first uh, woman he encountered on the street and then went to a Turkish imbis and, and gunned people down there and tried to kill a few more out, out on the streets of Halle. So it seems that the far right is willing to attack uh, targets it sees as vulnerable and, uh, you know, any public gathering or especially one that it would be able to attach any sort of political significance to, I think, could be a potential target. Matzel, there's a plan in the works to secure not just Christmas markets, but 18 public squares and spaces, most of those in Mitte, uh, from what I understand. What can you tell us about this plan? Uh, what I can tell you about this plan is that it's coming too short because we don't only have a threat level in Berlin center. We have it all over the city. And when you start securing the center of Berlin, that's, well, nice to have. But you're stripping other parts of Berlin, for example, from policemen. And that couldn't work because, of course, the terrorists will see that there is a strength uh, in the middle of Berlin and they would go anywhere else. What is it that they should be doing um, in order to secure or make Berlin safer all over and not just in, in particular areas? Well, first of all, you have to strengthen the police. And for example, first of all, we lack about 3,000 policemen in the city. We have to get them as fast as we can. Second is strengthening of laws. For example, our policemen are not allowed to shoot the terrorists unless he shoots first. That's simply ridiculous. We proposed a law on that, but the Senate declined it. And that are some simple solutions that could be fixed right now, but the Senate isn't doing anything about it. Deborah, let's talk about the bigger picture at the moment, a global picture, I should say. I mean, you did mention a, a rise in, in right-wing extremism, which everyone is taking note of. But there's also concern that there might be more ISIS attacks down the road, uh, given the U.S. troop withdrawal from northern Syria, um, which has led to the escape of ISIS prisoners, and coupled with that, the forced repatriation of ISIS sympathizers to Europe by Turkey and other countries. Uh, could this increase the potential for new attacks down the road? Well, I know it's it's a concern on the minds of, of German politicians. I mean, they've been reluctant to repatriate these fighters for a long time. I mean, the Kurds who have been leading the fight against the you know Islamic State group in, in Syria had been pushing for these repatriations and had been stonewalled by many Western governments because of, of security concerns. So now we have the situation where uh, hundreds of fighters who were being held, were being detained in, in northern Syria after the U.S. pulled out and essentially aban abandoned the Kurds, the Turks have uh, moved in and they staged an invasion of, of northern Syria. And now uh, an emboldened uh, Turkish president, Erdogan, has said that he is going to really step up these uh, repatriations. And so this problem is going to be back on you know, the doorstep of Germany and other, other Western governments. Marcel, um, I'm going to ask you a, a cynical question here. Uh, you'll forgive me for that, hopefully. But do you feel that it's going to take another attack for the Berlin authorities, for the Berlin government to step up the action like you've been calling for? Well, actually, I think even that wouldn't make them wake up. Because, for example, after the attacks in Nizza, we uh, talked about this problem that this could happen in Berlin and that we have to be prepared for that. Well, they said, of course, well, we are prepared, but they didn't do anything about it. And so I think even if there would be another terror attack with a different method, they wouldn't put a real effort on preventing that attack, but just, uh, well, 
keep debating again. This, unfortunately, is all the time we have today to discuss this very important topic. And I'd like to thank my guests, AFP correspondent Deborah Cole and Marcel Luta of the FDP, who is a Berlin member of parliament. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Tune in next week to Studio Berlin here on KCRW Berlin 104.1 FM to hear our special Best of Berlin episode in which we'll talk about the key stories of the year. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.